This is the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland. What's going on, guys? It's Jake with Digital Wildcatters. I wanted to take two seconds before we get into the episode to let you know about a premiere that we are actually live streaming on December 8th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be premiering American Shale, A New Hope. It's a documentary that we shot uh, alongside EQT. Uh, back in March of this year, we were riding with Toby Rice from back from one of their wells when we were shooting our, our Evolve event. And he said, hey, do you guys want to see a farmer who roboticized his entire farm? And so we ended up meeting Larry Kane. He walked us through the farm. Uh, it's now arguably probably the most roboticized farm in North America. And all of this would not have been possible if it weren't for oil and gas. And so uh, it's a really, really cool story of prosperity. It's something that's actually like really tangible. Uh, it's really cool to see um, prosperity that's been brought to the Appalachian area. And Larry is just one story out of like 800 landowners that were kind of part of this uh, much bigger story. So uh, like I said, December 8th, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, we'll be doing a live Q&A with Toby, Larry, myself, and Colin, and some of the rest of the Wildcatter team. Uh, so just tune in for that. We'll put a link in the show notes below. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Willing Gas Startups Podcast. Colin's back. We've got our buddy Jimmy Jet. Jimmy Jet, man, that just sounds like that sounds like a baller like a, name. It's a baller name. It's like a movie character. Jimmy Jet. Were I, you named after somebody? No, I, I get that a lot. I, I wish I was faster and more athletic. It would be really cool. That's what that's what I say, like a quarterback name. Like yeah, Jimmy no, Jet. No, I was like, an offensive lineman. Didn't didn't match. <laughs> yeah. Totally the opposite. Yeah. Jimmy Jet's more like Jimmy like locomotive. <laughs> like, that's, so that's, right, that's right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I I missed on that one big time, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I gotta give uh Jimmy a shout out for stocking our uh our liquor bar. Brought us some good uh whiskey. We got Lone Elm, single barrel, Texas, straight. And then we got uh how do you say this? Is it Calumet or Calumet? No? I think it's Calumet. Calumet Farm. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. So you know we gotta get we you know what we need to do. We need a party. We need a party for one. <laughs> Second, we need to get Donnie on whiskey or boney on our whiskey collection. Yeah, he needs to come in here and we've got plenty of whiskey for him to try out. So Jimmy, appreciate you for bringing that. You're in our good graces now. <laughs> We're, I really know how that to, was the intent. <laughs> know how to uh pander to uh podcast hosts so. <laughs> <laughs> anyways man so tell us uh, a little bit you know give me kind of high level about integrity biochem what you guys do i'm, I'm excited because i totally forgot what you guys i'm do. gonna <laughs> so i get to relearn it all over right. i'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. take mm-hmm. a uh stab here and say it's got something to do with biology and chemistry mm-hmm. and so tell us real quick what, what you guys do. that's right no so we have uh we have taken a, a vegetative platform, chemical platform, and uh, brought it into the energy space, and we've done it successfully. Um, started in 2017, located just south of Fort Worth in a little town called Crescent, Texas, mm. and um, assembled a phenomenal group of people. And um, we took this technology platform that our, our chief technology and I found out of, based out of Columbus, Georgia, in the pharmaceutical space of all places, and we recognized that it had a, a huge potential on the energy side, especially in, in fines migration, um, clay control. And so that's how we started the business. And since September 2017, it's evolved into a whole line of biosurfactants and having a blast. I mean, it's been widely adopted. And uh, what we're really excited about is it's, you know, it's high performing, the cost is right in this environment, and um, we can make a lot of it. So it's been a, it's been a good run. Really. Good so run. we don't really know a lot about chemicals. So let's explain like we're five. 
what is the problem? Is it is it one chemical that's solving a lot of problems, or now you have like a, an array of chemicals that are solving an array of problems? Well, how about before that? Yeah, like we definitely need to dive into all of this because we don't understand a lot about chemicals. But before we do that, let's talk about your story, like your background, how you got here. Like, are you from the chemical industry in oil and gas originally, or how did you like? How did you? Yeah, so so I um right out of the military, I went to work for my uncle. He had a, a small what branch, company, army, army, cool. Yep, and uh, went to work for him in Waxhatchee, Texas, a little company called Magnaboard. Waxhatchee, where is that? Just that's, south uh, of Dallas. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And uh, incredibly fortunate to learn from a phenomenal group of people, and we took that little company and, and just it was the largest chemical blending company state of texas we had all the halliburton's work and we just it was a blast had a lot of fun so halliburton and these service companies yeah on, on the frack frack side, and primarily acidizing we're coming to you guys saying hey we need this uh we need these chemicals blended and you guys were making those batches for them absolutely absolutely so we did everything from cement additives frack chemistry um breakers buffers you know you name it we were blending it. and okay. so it was an incredible place to learn kind of understand the chemical space and so i ended up running that commercial group and we sold to univar big publicly traded company and we were just meeting to meet and so it was just it was interesting right you'd have these giant meetings to wonder what the customer was doing and i was like hey man let's just get in our trucks go to houston and we'll ask them what they're doing we can figure <laughs> this out and uh so it just wasn't the right fit so i had a two-year non-compete and i took some time off and then was doing some consulting for private equity and um, ran across this technology um told my buddy doc landis who was running the lab at bayroid about it and uh he was all in i was all in we both so you're telling me your name's jimmy jet and his name's doc landis yeah (laughs) i don't know if y'all are football players or y'all are out of star wars i don't know so he was at he was at bayroid bayroid is um uh halliburton um on their drilling side on drilling company so he's over there and you know, my, like I have obviously some exposure to chemicals and oil and gas and it's always just kind of like been a boring industry, right? Kind of like a boring subset and the fact that like, Hey, um, Halliburton or Slumberjay or whoever his needs a chemical for their frack job, they come to you, they tell you what, what they need and you guys mix it up for them. And that's that, you know, you like take a little bit of hydrochloric acid and a little bit of this and you mix it together um so when you say it like that it, it doesn't really sound like fun it's, not it, fun. it's, it's, a, it's pretty complex it's a lot more fun yeah yeah i'm gonna downplay what chemists and scientists do like yeah, it's just no, no. but like i'm talking like from a business perspective it is an unsexy business right For like sure. it's yeah. not like silicon valley tech yeah. so when i hear yeah. you talk about like technology for the chemical business like i start to perk up a little bit because like i'm like oh that's interesting because the way I think about the model is exactly how you just kind of described it. It's like, hey, we'll go get in our truck and we'll go drive to them and see what they need and they'll tell us and then we'll mix it and we'll deliver it to them. And that's yeah. the business, right? And so that's what I meant by like boring. No, I, I, no, I, every, every business to me is interesting. Yeah, hey, Jake, when, I first, when I first met Jake in 2016, I was trying to acquire a waste disposal company to go pick up trash around neighborhoods because I was like, this is fucking cool. I could do that. That was that was literally our first conversation. She's like, "Oh, so tell me about this lunch with this guy that you met." And I'm like, "He wants to be a trash man." <laughs> I think we just became best friends. I don't know. Hey, but in your defense, I mean, I think chemicals are a little bit more interesting than bolting. 
Yeah, we've had a lot of <laughs> we've bolting, had a lot of bolting, a lot of bolting podcasts. Of bolting. Okay, yeah. okay. There's well, not much so, talk about there. Yeah, yeah. that's very unsexy. <laughs> but, bolting, but, but, so. but you're right. So when I got out of the, out of the what we call pots and pans business at Magnablend, we were we were best in class. We blended other people's products, and we were really good at it. And we were, you know, had a great exit, and the investors did did great. And uh, but I I told myself I'm like I'm I'm not getting back in that game. Because it's a, it's kind of a race to the bottom. I mean, everybody can throw up a mm-hmm. six thousand gallon stainless steel mixer and take orders, and you know, you're 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 basically just creating, you know, producing other people's formulas and then trying to deliver it better than the next. It guy, becomes right? commoditized. It, it is. It's yep. a total commoditized business. And so, what I really wanted to do is I wanted to have something that was value add that was unique and actually was something new to the industry. And so, when we came across this polymeric technology. We just were like, man, this is cool. It differentiates us. It works. It's it's green. Not that the energy market cared about being green back in 2016 when we when we found this product, but it was it was something that we were excited about because typically green equals high high price and doesn't perform. Mm-hmm. And this was the the opposite. It was a low cost product. We were we started our business at the bottom of the oil field. I mean, we we got to ride through that minus 35 just like everybody else did. But it was yeah. it was great because we were able to actually add value and reduce cost to our to our clients so it was a lot of fun and the, and the technology's really cool i mean our yeah. our tech team is fantastic i mean doc landis has done a lot of cool things with this product and it's it's now evolved into surfactants which as y'all know the whole supply chain industry is upside down right now and yeah. we're able to we're able to put out some good products that are they're able to keep keep companies rolling so let's like what is the what you refer to the technology like what is the technology so we have a patented way that we functionalize a vegetative polymer. Like it's what a, the fuck does that mean? Yeah, yeah what's a ve- <laughs> what is vegetative and what the hell is a polymer? Yeah, so it's it's a it's a it's basically a corn based polymer. Okay, and it is we we have a patent around how we modify that to act like a synthetic chemical. And okay. so it we take that that vegetative polymer head and we can open it up and and do different things. Um, to the molecule to help it and like for instance in our clay control help it attach to certain clays or certain minerals okay so let's um let's break this down a little bit yeah i'm familiar with polymer used lots of polymer in a drilling lug mm-hmm. to clean out wells and so uh you know be on a workover rig and i dump some polymer in there to do a polymer sweep yeah. and sweep out sand um you also do it you know, lift cuttings and Absolutely. Things of that nature. And so let's talk about what polymer is so that if anyone's not listening and doesn't know what polymer is when we talk about that, you can probably describe it better than I can. When I think polymer, I think like a white liquid substance that's, um, you know, got a strange consistency to it. I don't know how to explain it. Kind of looks like milk almost to me. Um, why don't you explain what polymer actually yeah. is? So it, it has a, a unique molecular weight. And so it actually, um, this particular polymer actually um, adheres. It has, um, I guess, functional groups that will actually adhere to different minerals, right? And so it's a, it's fines migration, just like in drilling. So it will agglomerate fines and help the fines fall out if needed. Yeah. It can act as a thickening agent. We can functionalize it to a lot of cool things. Yeah. And so, um, and the latest iteration is we actually took that polymeric head and we actually were able to put vegetative tails on it to create surfactants. And so it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. What are surfactants? What's that? What are surf- surfactants? So what surfactants are soaps. So okay. separating oil and water, right? So yeah. you have a, a hydrophilic or hydrophobic head and a, and a, and a hydrophobic, or hydrophobic tail. So it's water-loving or oil-loving, right? And so you can, you can water-wet a surface. You can oil-wet a surface, which is extremely important downhole. Yeah. trying to change the 
the way the formation is reacting with different yeah what does it mean to have a head and have a tail so it's like sperm <laughs> like that's, that's the easiest way like that's all every, right every now we're talking yeah now we're talking right you have you have a head and a tail right and so yeah. that's what it is and that head is <clears throat> bonds to something it's looking for the egg right or Got in the you. oil field it's looking for the rock and it's bonding to the rock, right? And that sail there, like, sits there and is, is wiggling, <laughs> and it is it is throwing off oil or water and changing the whole way that the rock interacts. Jacob put a graphic over this yeah. little sperm yeah, swiggling right. across the screen. I'm so um, stoked about this micro content from this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that. I mean, I get that. So it's able to bond um, to these other elements, and, you know, that's, like I said, like we've used polymer for, I've personally used it for different use cases yeah. uh, for downhole. Um situations and so if i'm understanding this correctly you guys you know starting to put some of the words together <laughs> we had this vegetative uh polymer um so you guys have actually taken it from um you have a, a process to develop the polymer from a some some type of vegetable absolutely yeah. plant can yep. you say what vegetable or yeah, plant no, or so, so so our primary product comes from corn from corn. And so it, it is very complex after that. Yeah. <laughs> and but but the primary driver of this is corn. So what's great about that is it's one of the US's largest produced <laughs> products. It's a huge commodity in the US. Yeah. It is stable. It is readily available. We are not beholden to China to get the product. And yeah. So it it gives us a huge advantage when doing when containers are, you know, 90 days out of port to get in, you know, we're able to source our products here in the US and, and create products. Yeah, them. I mean you you talk about the supply chain issues that we're having. I bought a couch from Mattress Mac like what six months ago, and the supply chain issues weren't even as bad as they are now. You go to all these couch these furniture stores and you couldn't get a couch. They're all on six months order. But you go to, over to Mattress Mac Gallery Furniture, all made in America. He's like, yeah, you take that one right there. Like they awesome. had it all in stock. And I was like, man, just think about if America actually manufactured and built, we wouldn't have all these supply chain absolutely. issues we've become so dependent on china uh, and, I, that, and i and i i absolutely geek out on american manufacturing i love it i want to yeah. see it in every aspect every industry yeah i just don't understand why we don't do it yeah and it's it's something that you know i every young person i talk to is go start a business and make something i don't care yeah. what it is go build make something go build yeah. yeah the um so using corn is really interesting because you know corn's also uh been hot topic for biofuels and ethanol and i think using corn for biofuels is just fucking stupid i mean it does not oh, make sense sure. at scale but it is interesting looking at using it for feedstock mm -hmm. for chemical based products um the technology you know we we're at one of our friends companies the other day um some vita and they use crispr dna sequencing to take uh co2 that's captured from carbon sequestration and turn it into ethylene and so it was like really cool shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know that y'all's process is proprietary, but does that like does it involve any DNA sequencing or how do you guys take, you know, take corn and, and turn it into polymer? I mean, you said it's a really complex process. I'm sure you can't get that. It is. No, it's it, it doesn't involve any DNA sequencing. We are not a fermentation shop. So we don't do fermentation and we don't do DNA sequencing. What we do is we use traditional chemistry to create unique bond structures that create these products. Interesting. And so it's a, it's a really elegant process. And because of that, that's why our price point is it, yeah. it's meaningful. I mean, it's not, you know, we're able to pr provide these products into the industry and we aren't out there saying, hey, it's green, you're going to pay for it, which is just absurd, right? Yeah. I mean, capitalism will drive sustainability. It's not going to be, 
oh my gosh, I can't wait for my company to lose money that's and like, go green. That's just total. It doesn't superior work. technology and superior economics win. Yeah, every yeah, time. Win every, every time. time. The the reason I brought up my friend's company is because the way that they discovered that was by studying um, bananas, and really took the molecular structure and DNA profile of bananas and studied it, and that's how they came to their solution. And so. Just thought it was interesting how we're starting to be able to study nature yeah. and break it down and say, okay, how can we use those same processes for other things? But cool to hear that you guys are just using traditional chemistry. Um, I'm assuming that y'all have like a lab uh, with scientists that are working on it. That's cool. Where yeah, is that? No, it's, said, it's the backbone of our company. I think he told me it's in Fort Worth. Yeah, huh? just south of Fort Worth. Yeah, I want to come visit sometime. It, you, anytime. You're That's welcome. when we're, we're over at some Vita. Like, yeah. Me and Jake are walking around in like shirts and a t-shirt and it's a bunch of scientists and lab coats walking around. I'm like, some motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> you will yeah. love our lab. You may be good at science, but I'm good at memes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious about like the so the traditional polymers versus the vegetative polymers and these being green. Like, what is the drawback of the synthetic poly polymers? Is it some sort of residue? Does it have any kind of adverse effects to the environment? This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Liquid Frameworks. Liquid Frameworks has become the standard in field operations management software over the past decade with their field effects platform. With field effects, ENPs and OFS companies can transform how they manage and control field operations while eliminating the mountains of paperwork that comes along with it. Field effects makes field operations easy and efficient by streamlining communication between the accounting department, field operations, and the entire back office. They're trusted by some of the most respected teams in the industry, such as Stallion Oil Field Services, Superior Energy Services, RPC, Basic Energy Services, Key Energy Services, Liberty Oil Field Services, and anybody else who has services in their name is pretty much a customer. So if you've been thinking about ditching paper and Excel and modernizing your field operations and making your guys' lives easier, reach out to the team over there. You can check them out at liquidframeworks.com. They're also going to be the headlining sponsor and presenting at Energy Tech Night Houston on October 27th, 2021. So if you're listening real time, you can come and check them out. They're going to be demoing the software live as well. The whole team will be there if you want to chat with them. Like I said, you can go to liquidframeworks.com. We'll also leave a link in the show notes. You know, a lot of the drawbacks are just the way they're produced can be hazardous. Um, they work phenomenal. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, synthetics don't work. You, you know, you know, our product's the answer. I'm just saying we have a great alternative. Yeah. And uh, those products, I mean, they're tried and true, been around forever. Mm -hmm. um, some of the surfactants that we compete with and, and you know, you know, talking about linear alcohol thoxlets, nonophenols, they've been around forever. They're awesome products. Um, we're just giving people alternatives. And right now, because people can't get them, it's a good time to have alternatives. Yeah. It's, it's something that if your company is has a sustainable goal we are able to give companies some some metrics that they can work with. like yeah. we have a renewable carbon index that's that's above 90 on a lot of our products which is you know our clients can then take that and go to their shareholders and say look what we're doing you know we're actually trying to make a difference and, and replace some things. yeah i mean downhole chemicals has always been a hot topic right i mean what are you sending downhole and so um if you can kind of add to the mix of saying hey look you know we've replaced all polymer with a uh, vegetative uh, produced polymer. So this yep. is natural and it's clean and it's um, just better. You Absolutely. know, I don't like, does this stuff, if it got in a water table, does it contaminate it or is it? No, just kind not, of, not, not at all. It's completely gone in 90 days, see? completely biodegradable. Yeah. So it's, there's some really neat aspects to it that are, that are, you know, it's, it's, it's meaningful. Or is it, if you had synthetic polymer get in water, I mean, 
it's never going away, is it? Some I mean, of them don't ever go away. Like, that I mean, shit just yeah. gets slippery as hell and just, like, <laughs> never goes just, away. <laughs> yeah, it just depends on the product. But, yeah, there's, there's you know, and that's a concern down hole. But, yeah. you know, it's just, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to have something that's new and works and is at a price point people can use it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like you even get just rid of the ESG angle, um, the the economics, the price point, and then the um, ability to source it. Yep. Quicker and not, you know, have to be dependent on handkerchiefs that can't get into the port. And it's like all of a sudden you don't have access to the chemicals you need. Whereas, like, oh, hey, we're making this with corn that was grown up in Nebraska and producing it. So that, and I'm, I'm proud that we, you know, we aren't entering the market because of a mandate. Our customers adopted the technology because it worked. Yeah. And then, oh, by the way, you know, it's, it's yeah, that it coming. works and it's cheaper. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> you have more secure supply of it. That's what I'm saying. Like the ESG yeah. angle is just kind of cherry on top, but you know, the it's superior technology and economics that win. Um, so tell us about like, you know, you and I were chopping it up before the podcast, just talking about, you know, like building digital wildcatters and wasn't being a dick, but I was purposely not asking you questions about y'all building up y'all's company because I want to be able to ask you on the podcast. Um, but you said you have 60 employees. And so you guys, um, you said you started in 2016, was that 2017, 2017. Um, let's talk about one. I I think you, you kind of touched on how you discovered this technology or the solution. So let's talk about how you discovered it. And then let's talk about how you started building it. Did you go get funding or did you guys bootstrap this within cash flow you know i've imagined a product like this where you need a lab and scientists and you know (laughs) pretty capital intensive so why don't you dive into like the early stages of discovering the technology and then growing it so um, when i was consulting for private equity i needed a phone a friend i needed that the genius right and so um i hooked up with my buddy doc landis and we call him doc and he's just this eccentric mad scientist that's Super cool, phenomenal well, communicator. You better have crazy hair, or else I'm gonna be. Disappointed. Oh yeah, he had, well he has no hair, which is making awesome. It even there you cooler. go. No, he's, <laughs> you have crazy he, hair, or no yeah. hair. <laughs> but he is no, he 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 is just he's he's brilliant. He's a lot of fun to work with. And I always told myself if I ever do my own thing, I want to work with Doc. You know that was the thing. And so I called him up, and he's like, you know what? My last kid just graduated from college. Let's go have some fun. And so I was super honored. He he joined up. We started looking at this chemistry, and he he called me up. I was like, I feel like I'm in the garage at Apple. And it was developed um by a company that was that was working in the pharmaceutical space and it was actually started the, the chemistry was born as a blood substitute it was born out of fermentation and it's since evolved to where we have it today we're on generation like 10 okay but the original product was a fermentated product and so it was used in the pharmaceutical space and um the founder had this really amazing way to make it at large scales and economically and so we we started selling it into the oil field and you can imagine from columbus georgia selling it in the oil field was a challenge i mean we were we had supply points and distribution center just trying to keep up with the volume right Mm -hmm. and so we recognized that we got to get this thing closer to the supply chain and so um so we we really just kind of looked at the map and said where's where are the where are the basins right and so you got the eagleford midland and midcon that takes 90 percent of the volume so we picked Crescent, Texas, which is almost equidistant from every basin. So okay. We, we built a plant in that basin. And so Charlie and I invested. We found some great investors. Um, Max Duncan, who owns Integrity Industries, largest wholesale mud company in the 
Midwest, phenomenal guy. He's one of the investors. And then a gentleman named Steve uh, Shell Erickson, who started Flowkin, oh, yeah. a big pipeline drag mm-hmm. production company. And yeah. so we have phenomenal partners. And, and so what's cool is when you're starting a business, to have guys like that you can call and brainstorm with, it's awesome. Yeah, it's really I mean, important, right? I mean, it is. It My is favorite people to talk to and get advice from our investors, you know, because they're financially aligned with you and like have skin in the game. And um, it's just, it, it's great to have those types of people to uh, talk shop with. For sure. So you guys, um, you know, you, you, you raise a little bit of capital. You guys uh, move a facility to this midpoint between the basins. Where do you get, it's a random ass question. It's not random, but it's just like kind of random for this point in the conversation. But where do y'all source the corn from? <laughs> like, where do you? Like, <laughs> so, man, it's, it's all the big producers. So all the big producers, co-ops that, that are producing it. So we, yeah. we buy a, a, a derivative of corn. Okay. That is, that is the downstream process. But we... We can source it from multiple sites. Gotcha. So we have our supply chain is tight. I mean, we yeah, it's, it's the largest. So you, you actually is it like corn you, syrup, or is it like? So it's no, it's it's actually not. It's it's a it's a it's one of the corn derivatives. Okay. Okay. So yeah, you guys get a corn. I'm gonna have to go like research the corn supply chain. Like how is it like upstream, midstream, and downstream for corn? Like they got like a refinery for corn. So so, so uh, you know, I just think corn tortillas. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's it's no, but it's 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 complex. I mean, you can imagine all the different you know derivatives of corn all the different breakdowns of the, yeah of the corn so it's yeah so we we have a couple of of really great suppliers that yeah. keep us covered up i used to work next door to a corn tortilla factory my wireline shop down in victoria texas we were in between a corn tortilla factory and between a crematory so it either smelled like burning bodies or it smelled like tortillas <laughs> that's brutal you want to hear a funny story yeah okay so we had this little I don't know where this is going <laughs> this guy that, so can you even eat corn tortillas today oh yeah smell the i love tortillas. tacos okay, bro. okay, I okay, corn, okay yeah okay. i eat them yeah it right doesn't on. stop me uh no the owner of the crematory comes over and he's like hey can uh you bring your forklift over here and help me lift this body into the oven and they had this guy that was 450 pounds and they needed me to come lift him up with our forklift and put him in the oven. And so I go over there in the oven and they got a welder. He's inside there cutting, cutting the opening to the oven to make it wider. And he's in there and he's like, dude, there's like fat dripping from the walls no. and ceiling. And I was like, this is the most morbid thing I've that ever is, done God, in my gross. life. And anyways, they ended up sending him down to Corpus Christi um, where they had a better facility to handle him. But I was like, yeah. man, like I'm part-time wireline hand, like part-time uh, dead body handler and so anyways was he like wrapped up or anything or was he just i didn't see him okay yeah i didn't didn't, we didn't have to unload him so yeah anyways no corn tortillas i'm still all about it but (laughs) (laughs) colin was actually eating a corn tortilla the whole time i was eating a taco while it was happening but business idea big and tall crematorium i think think that there there probably is a sustainable (laughs) business model for for that for that operation um if anything i saw the problem firsthand but um so let's talk about like this is interesting to me because i like looking at different businesses like your business looks way different than digital wildcatters right like we mm-hmm. don't have labs i mean we do like this, this is our lab now yeah. our content lab but i have scientists walking around like what you know what types of people did you need in the early stages of that business to kind of build out um the technology and then commercialize the technology um you know how did y'all start building yeah, no. So, um, absolutely. So, uh, it was, it was great because of where I worked at, at, at Magdalene and my non-compete was expired. I went and got some, some of the best people that I worked with. 
yeah. in my past life. So that's I awesome. Did, yeah. Know, yeah. So, so I immediately, <laughs> you know, you know, what? that's a great point because I have so many people, young uh, people, mid twenties, later twenties, reach out to me and just like, man, I fucking hate my job. I'm tired of corporate. And I'm like, you need to be using it as a place to network because I cool. guarantee you there's smart people around you that you go off and do your own thing. You can convince them to come over and help build with you. Mm -hmm. No, it's it's funny that you say that. One of my favorite questions to ask some of the the up and coming leaders in our company is, "Have you picked your team out?" And the first time they're like, "What?" And I'm like, "Dude, you need to be on a notepad writing down who your team is when you want to start your business." And I need you always need to be looking, and that's that list is going to change. But who's on your team? And so I asked them the first time, and everybody's like, "What?" And then when I ask them the second time, they're like. Oh my gosh, this guy, this guy, this girl, she's amazing. Yeah. You know, and so it's so cool to see these young, you know, I, I call them kids, but they're, you know, they're, they're, they're blowing us away, right? Yeah. They're, they're amazing what they're doing, but they're now forming their teams. And I, I want everybody to go start a business. You know, yeah. like I said, man, my passion, I go build something, man. I, yeah. Everybody needs to go build something. Yeah. Yeah. I tell people that all the time too. Like, always be looking. Like, you never know. Like, I'll, I take so many just random coffees launches or phone calls because you never know two three years down the road you know what that what that leads to it's like half our half our team you met on instagram 2017 then we office together we do like a little bit of just fun work together because we're friends yeah we don't see them for a while they we get a different office kind of split past for a couple years and then we come back together and they join the team isn't that cool i love it yeah it's it's weird to go back and look back in retrospective you know how you met people and not a single person on our team was like through a traditional hiring process of like we didn't net we've never put out any kind of like job listings of like we're looking for this person we knew the people that we needed for certain and they just it was just right yeah we were actually talking about that before uh we started recording because i was telling them that we just moved up to um our team's growing a lot and we're just talking about the process and he's kind of elaborating on that as well it's like every single person that you guys have hired you know go through there's just a process to it and making Mm -hmm. sure that you know they're going to be fit with the team and um tell us like what are some of the challenges that you guys that you've faced in building the business um you know is that something on the commercial side getting uh companies to understand the technology or to take a chance on Mm -hmm. using it or does that have something to do with um you know, keeping supply up and running and you know, the manufacturing yeah. process, like what have been the hard parts of the business? D- definitely. So, so the one thing, you know, I was kind of making fun of the whole pots and pans model. At least, you know, what you're, you're providing, right? You're, it's a me too product and you got a, you got a playing field, right? Mm-hmm. When you're, when you're creating something that's, that everybody else has, when you're launching a new technology that no one's ever used before, that's on a whole new platform, you have to go in at a technical level that was foreign to me. And thank goodness we have such a phenomenal tech team. And we have, you know, some of the best consultants and, and technical people, you know, in the industry. And we had to go convince people to put a new chemistry in a, you know, $500 million horizontal frack job. Yeah. You know? I mean, so it's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it was, a, it was definitely a challenge, but you know, they, you know, we had to go in and, and create tests to prove it out. We had to, you know, use other people's test. You know, what, how do you, how would you qualify it? And, and we, we were able to leverage our relationships um, with some key technical people in the space and that believed in us. And we were able to, you know, break those barriers down. But that was the biggest challenge. I mean, you're trying to, 
you're trying to launch something that's never been done before. It was a lot of fun, but it was definitely a challenge. I mean, you can imagine, you know, a, a drilling engineer or a, or a frack engineer going, hey, we're going to try a never, never used molecule before, but here's why. It was, it was interesting, but it was, it was a blast. And so you, you get one adopter and then two, and then it was, then it starts to snowball, starts right? Because you, you start, yeah. you know, people hear about it and Hey, what, what's this integrity biochem doing? And so it's, that's been a lot of fun, but it's, it's challenging. I mean, and, and every time we create something new, I say we loosely, every time our technical team creates something new, it's the same challenge, but we have credibility from our, you know, generation one product. So yes. it's starting to get, you know, people are starting to, to trust the technology and use it in other applications. So yeah. it's been, it's been a journey. Yeah. So awesome. on the R and D front, it sounds like the product continue continuously evolves as mm -hmm. well. So are you guys reiterating the product to make it better or? Absolutely. Yeah. So it, the, the, the amazing, um, thing about launching a new product is you don't know what you don't know right so we're learning good things and bad things about it all the time and so it evolves and really most of the innovation comes from giving it to a customer they take it to their lab and they you know one of their lab technicians like i wonder if it'll work in this application we get a call oh my gosh it has a whole new you know path it can go down i mean we just learned from a customer that it's a you know we have a product that acts as a phenomenal cement spacer we didn't design it as a cement spacer, but, <laughs> but we're excited that it is a cement spacer. You yeah. know, we're, we're working with a drilling company that has developed a whole new line of chemistry around it. And we are giving them the license to go take that and make it their own. We didn't develop it as a this mm -hmm. specific application, but they found a use for it. Yeah. So the collaborative piece is huge in our business. Yeah, that's really, that's actually really interesting, you know, finding out these use cases that weren't the intention when you oh. built the product or designed the product and then someone just kind of fucks around and is like, oh, hey, we can use it as a cement <laughs> exactly. spacer too. Exactly. Does that make it challenging on the commercialization side once you find these new use cases of like almost being too scattered at times in terms of like where you focus your attention? You just used the word that is so, yeah, scattered is, it, that's one of the challenges of, of, of managing a technology launch, right? Because yeah. I, I, my mentality is I want to chase every squirrel. Like, oh my gosh, it works in this application. Let's start a whole division that runs after this application. And I am guilty of failing the business because I do get too scattered. And that's, mm -hmm. a, I think I love that word. And, um, but thank goodness, you know, we're a, we're a team and I have people that are like, Hey, Jimmy, you're about to take this thing off a cliff. Let's focus. Let's, let's worry about eight <laughs> things instead of come back things. over here. And I'm like, you know what? I think that's probably the right answer. And so well, you and I talked about this out here too. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, some of them just swore out digital wildcatters. And I was like, the amount of opportunity that we have at digital wildcatters is great, but it's also a curse too, because you have to stay really honed in and focused. And every once in a while, you know, we have to trim the fat and be like, Hey, look, you know, this isn't. So you and I were especially guilty of that prior to having a team. Yeah. It was like, it was just us. And we were still trying to figure out like, how do you turn this hobby into yeah. a business? I think now though, now that we have the team and, and deploying OKRs, like we are laser focused yeah. on like what's in Have you ever heard of OKRs? I haven't. Yeah, it stands for objective and key results, and they've been okay. game changing for us. Um, Intel uh, originally used them, and then Google adopted them, and it's just a way to keep teams focused uh, and moving in the same direction. And it's really helped me and Jake out because we do like to chase the squirrel and we're like, oh shit, that could be fun. Let's do it. <laughs> right. It doesn't yeah. fit with every our, opportunity. We're like, yeah, oh, this, you have to, this is you have to make do. sure that it fits within your OKRs, and if it doesn't. You don't get to do it. Doesn't matter how cool it looks like, but yeah, that's Sounds like IBC is about to roll out OKR. So yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. I'll, uh, man, I'll send you a copy of the book. Measure what matters. It's really, yeah. really good. Um, 
but yeah, that's, uh, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs have that um, mm-hmm. early stages, but what's cool for you guys is that, you know, you have like a drilling partner that's kind of doing their own independent testing and you're like, Hey, you know, we just drew, uh, you know, hundred gallons of, you know, polymer down a well and they did this as a cement spacer and absolutely you know that's kind of cool for you guys because then you're like oh shit why at first why did it mm-hmm. react like that and you started getting some more understanding of the uh, chemistry yeah. of why it reacted like that and then all of these applications are the same across well boards like a cement job is a cement job so absolutely companies a using it as a cement spacer then company b can use it as a cement spacer too and allows you guys to scale horizontally across different companies that's right no it's, it's been huge and it's you know we aren't we aren't having to go hire a sales force for that market we have customers that are that's what i'm saying yeah space it's, yeah. it's awesome no because sure customer, absolutely customers like in that case it's like hey they developed the solution and then it probably starts spreading you know word of mouth like yep. these emps man it's so funny like that like engineers talk to each other and like they tell each other like i remember i'm not gonna say names uh, <laughs> of companies but like specifically i worked with this one client and i'm like okay call them up and like see you know see what they were doing on that well yeah. and calls them up it's his ex-employer and like all the engineers tell them and yeah so word of mouth you know when you have a good technology in the oil field like you don't need a great bd team because right. it'll mm-hmm. it'll spread no it's been great so you know for you guys moving forward in, in the future uh I, I guess you haven't really elaborated on you know do you guys focus on it sounds like you focus on uh, Eagleford, Permian, Midcon. It's the plan to, to scale internationally, or it is. We have a great partner in the Middle East. We have a blending site in Dammam in Saudi Arabia. Okay, so we we do do some work in Saudi Arabia. COVID really punched that business in the mouth. Yeah, and it's but... starting to come back. Um, we actually just got to meet with our our partners over there, and, and we have a lot of traction over there. And then we have a, a manufacturing um, partner, um, Rada, in uh, in the UK. Oh, cool. So the technology obviously has huge application in the North Sea where the, you know, the sustainability piece is massive over there. So that's, that's something that we're going to be pushing hard into over the next 18 months. Awesome. Perfect. Man, this is uh, really exciting stuff to me. You know, when I saw uh, Integrity Biochem come up on the, on the calendar, I was like, man, chemicals, this can't be that interesting. But <laughs> no, it's super, uh, super cool, one, to get schooled up on. Uh, you know, I feel like I feel smarter walking out of this conversation about polymer than uh, what I did beforehand. So if anyone comes in here talking about vegetative uh, polymers, you know. I know. Next chemist I see and there's a term on polymers, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, what about vegetative <laughs> polymers? They're going to be like, oh, about, shit, this guy knows his stuff. What kind of head you running? What kind of tail? Yeah. What yeah, yeah. kind sperm. of sperm you got? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So if uh, someone's listening, um, you know, say we got some drilling engineers, production engineers, completions, and they want to check you guys out. Where can they find you? Do you have a website? Absolutely. www.integritybiochem.com. Easy enough. Integritybiochem.com. You guys can find them there. Find some more information. You're on LinkedIn, right? Absolutely. Jimmy's on. Yeah, the whole team. We have a great marketing slash commercial biz dev guide. Chad Hall, he does a great job keeping us relevant and out there. Yeah. Perfect. Find him, Jimmy Jet. And he was he was out at y'all's big shindig in, in the Permium. Said it was he? Said it was at ET. So they had yeah, a great had time. Yeah, four guys out there, and they loved it. That's awesome, man. So I love those it. coming, man. Yeah, for sure. you guys uh, may need to participate in the next uh, uh, Energy Tech Night out in Midland because I'm sure Please, there's a bunch of us, yeah. bunch of people there that would have uh, been all about the tech. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, guys. Well, check out uh, Mr. Jimmy Jet himself. I feel like we got to meme you now. Like we need to <laughs> we need to get you like. 
a picture of Jimmy as like, you know, like I'm thinking like old school yeah. classic football quarterback, Jimmy <laughs> yeah. Jet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, check check him out. Uh, we'll leave the link in the uh, in the show notes. Jake, you got anything to add before we close the show out? Hey, subscribe to the uh, Big Digital Energy newsletter. Things has been popping. Yep. We've got, I mean, I, I think that everybody keeps talking about it and we get a lot of feedback that it's better than ever. We got a lot more subscribers than ever, so... You want some energy news in your inbox every single week? Check it out. All right. That's good. All right. All Jimmy, appreciate you coming on, man. All right. Thanks for the time. Appreciate you. Yeah. Come, 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 come.